Hello, Muppet fans. Welcome to a bonus episode of Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is normally the podcast where we watch Muppet movies two minutes at a time and talk about them a lot, but we're not doing that today. We're doing something different. Um, but actually, it's just me here in this big recording studio. I don't know. I got to look around and and find somebody to do this podcast with. Uh, let's see. I'll just, I'll just open this door and see who's in there. <laughs> Anthony Strand. Ryan Rowe. Hey. Hey, do you want to do a podcast? Yeah, let's do a podcast about Kermit Unpigged. All right. That's a great idea. The album Kermit Unpicked. But we're going to need a guest. Let me see. Uh, I'll, I'll just open this door and see who's in here. Becca, Becca Petunia, Petunia from, from ToughPigs.com. Oh, wow. It's Ryan Rowe and Anthony Strand, also from ToughPigs.com. You know, I was just in here recording a bird's cover, and I needed someone to harmonize the podcast part. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do it together. Let's do it. Oh, I'd love it if you could. Yay! <laughs> oh, sure. He talked me into it. Okay, so we are here to talk about Kermit Unpigged. This is a Muppet album from 1994 that kind of feels like a TV special. This is the first album that we've covered on this podcast. We've done TV specials. And the last and the last album on the Muppet Records label. Uh, yes, on the, the Jim Henson Records imprint, which was uh, on, on BM, BMG Records. Um, that relationship actually ended in a lawsuit I discovered while looking stuff up for this, uh, the deal between BMG Records and the Jim Henson Company because they felt like BMG was not doing enough to promote and distribute these albums. So, so we will find out whether or not that was a bad thing. How about that? Um, we will, <laughs> but you mentioned this is kind of like a TV special and I, I'll yeah. say I'm the, I'm the one who really pushed to cover this because I think we, between the previous movies, they did do TV specials, right? Muppets yes. Go Hollywood, Muppets Go to the Movies, etc. Muppets in John Denver, Rocky Mountain Holiday. And this is kind of the closest thing to that that exists around this time. Like, we'll talk about uh, some videos and stuff later, too, you know, in other right. episodes. But this is like, as far as like getting a bunch of guest stars to hang out with the Muppets in between movies, this is kind of it. Yeah, I guess Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree was between movies, right? But that's only Kermit. So, yeah. It's not the rest of the gang. So. Yeah, I mean, right. like, at that point, we could just count anything as being yeah. between movies. Like, right. you know, Brats of the Lost Nebula <laughs> or whatever. Right, yes. but that's, Brad, well, we should, we should do 13 bonus episodes on Brats, but yeah. that's yeah. going to be between Treasure Island and Muppets from Space. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, great. That's a good way to, to delay <laughs> Muppets from Space as long as we possibly can. Um, so the album title, Kermit Unpigged, according to the, uh, the credits was actually suggested by Vince Gill, who appears on the album, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and the title, uh, and this is something that bothers me now that did not bother me as a child, but, um, boy, this title suggests a very different album than the one that we got. Well, are you, are you saying that because it's a reference to the MTV Unplugged series, which is all acoustic? or Well, also all music. Um, you ah. know, there's a, there's a very 
Did we actually, like, say what this is for the people in the audience who maybe only know the Muppet movies and don't know the Muppet cassette tapes from 1994? <laughs> well, yeah, I have Before a, a I get few... into my complaints, maybe we want to do, uh, do an introduction here. <laughs> okay, yeah, I have a, a little bit more, like, overall notes. Um, so, the, yeah, it, it's, it has more of a plot sort of or at least a framework than Muppet Beach Party which was the other original album released by Jim Henson Records the year before this and the framework is just the Muppets have booked time in a recording studio and basically they all just like scatter and go different directions and they encounter uh, notable singers in various recording studios and sing songs with them and then they all get back together at the end of the record and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And you called it a record, but this was not released on vinyl, correct? Well, yes. Record as the... As in like know, an album. The, yeah. In a general, yes. Hey, right. whoever owns this, uh, if you want to release this on vinyl, uh, I guarantee one person will buy it and that person will be me. I feel um, like <laughs> now is the time, too. Like, yeah. I mean, you the, the Electric Mayhem see. album was just, as far as we know, a success on vinyl, and, and vinyl is hot right now. So. Well, and they just put out the Muppet movie soundtrack and the Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack right. recently. And what's what's the natural third with that? Kermit Unpigged. Kermit yeah. Unpigged. That's None the of one. those other ones have, have uh, Vince Gill on them. So <laughs> Let me think. No, you're right. They don't. Um, the other thing, uh, this this album cover, there, there was a variation on the. It's Kermit sitting on a stool, like wearing jeans and a, like I don't know, jeans and a, a, a button. Is he wearing a t shirt or a button down? It's a and button like a, down, and he's a got cool a cool jacket over he's it. He's got a cool jacket. He's got a guitar that he's playing. Right. So there was a variation on this which looked more like the album cover of Eric Clapton Unplugged. That would become uh, a page of the Muppet parody calendar and a t-shirt that I owned, and I believe a poster a couple of years after this. So they they really liked this Kermit unpigged uh, wordplay. They held on to that for a while. I just also want to throw out there on the cover, he is playing the guitar uh, backwards. Meaning he's playing it left-handed? No, he's or? playing it right-handed. Oh, that's no good. I don't like when they do that. I, I I want them to have attention to detail and make all the Muppets left-handed all the time. Well, I don't know how much attention to detail went into this. So <laughs> yeah. let me let me start let me start just by asking you guys if I can just ask a question, not to uh, usurp usurp hosting, but you barged into my recording studio where I was <laughs> I was performing birds covers. Um, what what is your history with this album? Because let me tell you, this album was in heavy rotation when I was a child. You know, we had this cassette in the car, we would listen to it all the time. It it was again, you know, at a time when there wasn't really a lot of Muppet stuff, and you mm-hmm. couldn't even really easily get some of the older albums, even. You know, certainly Muppets Take Manhattan was hard to find and remains hard to find. Muppets Take Manhattan never came out on CD. I, I have a cassette wow. over there in my cassette yeah. collection. but Right, it, never, it came out on yeah. vinyl and, and tape at the time, in 84. Yeah. Hmm. But it wasn't reissued but, with, the, with the other two in 1993 or whatever that was. You know? But we had, we had the cassette to this and I would listen to it all the time. And it really was one of the, one of the only like things like it, like... Like Anthony and Ryan were saying, it's kind of like its own little TV special. And I definitely have strong, strong memories of just listening to it and kind of like 
imagining what the special would be, which is something really nice about this album. It's got its moments. It also has its really lousy points. But I know, Anthony, you were saying uh, when we were talking earlier that you didn't own this cassette. You came to it a little late. So Right. Correct. I did. But Ryan, you owned it as well? You bought it in 94? Yeah, I got the cassette tape. I, you know, probably a Kmart or Target. <laughs> I listened to it a lot. I was very into the entire catalog of Jim Henson records. I think I had everything on cassette except the Muppet Babies album for some reason, Rocket to the Stars. I never got my hands on. You didn't want to go round and around and around and around on a merry-go-round. I guess not, because I don't even know that song. (laughs) Or or I just never found it, because in those days you just had to look in stores to find that you know, albums that you wanted, but I had everything else, including this. And I, yeah, I I listened to this a lot as well. So in those days you had to look in stores to find everything, but a few years later, a revolution happened. Now you are both undoubtedly uh, familiar with the weird Al Yankovic song. Don't download this song. Well, that song was inspired by the fact that in the years preceding it's, it's recording, you could download any song you wanted. And that's what I did. That's how I got this thing. The year, 1999. My age, 14. The PC, my dad's work computer at his school classroom. (laughs) And I filled that sucker with Muppet MP3s from Napster. I I think we should just establish that by 1999, this album was way out of print. So, Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Um, Anthony, I have a call coming in uh, from the police. Um, they're here they're here to throw you in in kermit unpig to jail okay. uh, this this has been a sting operation okay. and i got you to admit it long con um, all right we got so, it so it's so but but what is true is this was right around the time i was discovering muppet central you know i had read jim henson the works and i'm like on muppet central in those days making muppet fan friends for the first time and you could search Napster for any song ever recorded and download maybe that song or maybe something mislabeled or whatever. But it was just like a treasure trove. And so that's what I did. I downloaded every Muppet song I could find. I have, I still to this day have CDs that are just random Muppet songs like that I made at that time entitled Random Muppets, Assorted Muppets, Various Muppets. <laughs> And mostly Muppets. Did you ever have a miscellaneous Muppets? I never did. I should have. Mm. Uh, but some of these songs are on some of them. Because it really was just like a whole pile, you know? Like, so you weren't necessarily getting the entire album in right. one. Right. I, I, do, I don't think I knew the difference between this and, and Muppet Beach Party at that time. Hmm. You know? I knew that this wasn't the same thing as, you know, the Great Muppet Caper or whatever. But one, one clue about why this is different than Muppet Beach Party is the songs aren't about beaches. <laughs> That's true. That that is true. I mean, it does have wild thing yeah. on it, which would like would fit in on the beach fit, party. Yeah. I think. I mean, you know, ask me in 1999 which album of these two has wild thing on it, and I'm not going to be able to answer that with confidence. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, so yeah, I just I just discovered it by like, oh, here's a here's an MP3 labeled Muppets lowercase M unpigged zero eight wild thing all lowercase great fire it up you know so it was just like some great muppet stuff that i heard because all muppet things were equally great when i was 14 years old 
<laughs> and a newly obsessed Muppet Show. Yeah. I mean, they were just equal, period. Like, everything was just part of that mass of MP3s. Yeah. Did you know that the Muppets covered all together now from Yellow Submarine? That's the best you know, news I've ever heard in my something? whole life. You know, I did, except <laughs> the way that my mind worked, I learned that the Beatles covered the Muppet song all together now. All together now, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how it goes. Like, yeah. I, I think that's a familiar story for most Muppet fans. Right, right. It's M- Muppet songs are M- Muppet songs first. I wrote an article for the Tough Pigs website once with a title that was something like, Every Song I Know I Learned from the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Like from show tunes to old pop songs, etc. It's pretty much pretty much the whole point of our our, our friends at Muppeturgy. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Well, and actually, I was thinking about that podcast while taking notes for this because yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna go into detail about the original artists or or songwriters or this and stuff. And it really made me wish that that Muppeturgy was going to cover this one because I know I know that our friend Christy Bauer would have like tons of great information about all yeah. of these songs that that we are not qualified to to share. Well, maybe if this episode of ours stinks, they'll take it upon themselves to do a better one. Yeah. Well, it's it's not going to stink because okay. I don't care what anybody says. I'm having a great time. <laughs> All yeah. right. Uh, are you ready to get into this track by track, or do you have any other? Oh well, I just thoughts? wanted to say. I just wanted to say. So going all the way back to when I was saying, like, Unpigged suggests an album that this isn't right. Like, forgetting the okay, literally, it's called Unpigged, and Miss Piggy is on the album. I I get it, but she is separate from Kermit for a large portion of the album's plot, I guess. True. But what I mean is, man, those MTV Unplugged albums are so good. And, like, you go back and you, you know, um, the Nirvana one recently had its its 30th anniversary. I feel like Nirvana and Eric Clapton were the biggest ones. Yeah, right? the, the I, had, I had the 10,000 Maniacs one when I was hmm. younger, which was also good. And um, the REM one got a re-release like for the first time on on CD in like 2017ish huh. and that was wonderful too is the is the 10,000 maniacs one natalie or mary i don't remember i, I, don't I can remember. look okay but those unplugged are all you know like them singing all of their old songs um you know singing their old songs with uh you know with like a new take on old songs and man I loved this album as a kid, and there's still moments of it that I love, but how great would it be if it was just the Muppets and maybe, like, special guests singing Muppet songs, like, acoustic and... and like, an acoustic version of Can You Picture That? Yeah, sure, that was, like, yeah. Floyd Floyd, and, like, I don't know, Natalie Merchant doing a duet, <laughs> well, Can You well, Picture That? You know what's funny is, so Kermit was doing duets a lot around this time, you know, he'd just like pop up on, he's on a Tony Bennett album. And the one that kind of feels like what you're talking about, it's not unplugged, but has, has that like exciting energy is he's on a Kylie Minogue special oh, yeah. s- singing, especially for you, uh, which had been a duet hit for her some years earlier. And the crowd goes bananas when she introduces. That's the, the main thing I remember that about that appearance. Yeah. The, yeah. the audience is just like, yeah, they really do go crazy. Right, so Kermit shows up. All the time we were apart, I thought of you. 
especially for you. So, it, so if it was ten tracks of that, of like, of like Linda Ronstadt's at a concert, and she's like, "Now, hey, look who it is, oh, Kermit the Frog." They should have, they should know? have recorded this all live. Right. Yeah. Well, again, that's what's <laughs> good about these unplugged sessions. Yeah. Is they have that energy, that crazy energy that comes from Anthony, comes from, and I'm going to clarify, Natalie Merchant singing <laughs> there you live, go. <laughs> but quitting, but quitting the band. Immediately after the recording of 10,000 Maniacs Live, (laughs) so that when 10,000 Maniacs Live is released, she is no longer in the band 10,000 Maniacs. Mary's in it. Mary Ramsey's the lead singer. Yep, by the time the album is on shelves. Well, okay, but I'm glad Kermit didn't quit the Muppets (laughs) right after this album came out. (laughs) No, although, like, Steve Whitmire is kind of the Mary Ramsey of, of Kermit the Frogs. Come on, like... Hmm. True, and also to be fair, you can pretty much say that Floyd quit the Muppets after this album. Oh man, yeah, it's we'll true. get to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that's so. It. So anyway, that's the Muppet album I wish this was. Yeah, well, and it's also interesting. You talk about this, like Kermit having done duets, and this being mostly duets. This is actually also a year after Frank Sinatra came out with his duets album. So I wonder too if that was a little bit of the inspiration behind this. Although, I mean, Muppets do duets with celebrities all the time, but still, maybe that was like, what should the next, what should the concept for the next one be? Yeah. Uh, All right. So this album starts before the first song with the Muppets arriving at this recording studio. They're all there except for Miss Piggy. She's going to catch up with them later. Uh, And they meet the studio manager. And who is the studio manager? It's, it's frequent Muppet collaborator Lily Tomlin, apparently in character as Ernestine the Operator. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Pardon me, but the livestock entrance is around back. Oh, oh, no, no. See, where are the Muppets? Yeah, Muppets. We, yeah. Let's see. Uh, mopeds, muffins. Oh, oh, here it is, Muppets. Mm-hmm. You must be Kermit. Uh, the frog. Mm-hmm. A talking frog, huh? What's next, a singing pig? Yeah, well, Miss Piggy's running a little late. Listen, listen, I'd love to chat about your personal problems, believe oh, sorry. you me. Uh, so here's the thing about this. What two things? One, Lily Tomlin's name is not on the front of this album, which is rude. Oh, you're like, right. Like all of the singers are named on the front cover, and she's yeah. Not, that's which weird. It feels like a slap in the face. I mean, honestly, like yeah, that's why, a slight for sure. Yeah, why not? Like why not? I wonder. I feel like she's maybe like like they wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah, like, yeah. maybe. Oh, oh, but no, she's not on the front. She is. She is credited. Uh, and I was saying this uh, before we started recording. She's credited on here because I have the cassette in front of me. Um, she is credited on the cassette as uh, Lily Tomlin as the studio manager. And she is in the special thanks section of the guest artists. So oh, I sure. don't know what went on there. But um, as well as also uncredited Harry Smith, the tuba player. Yeah, well, Harry Smith yeah, is we'll not get a tu- to that too. Harry Smith is not a tuba player by by profession. Correct. Um, he, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get sure. to that. Um, yes. But what what I was going to say about Lily Tomlin is right before this, she plays Ernestine in Sesame Street Stays Up Late, the the New Year's Eve right. special. Like within, and within a couple months of this, immediately oh, yeah. after this, she would be back on Sesame Street 
for an episode where she has to, where Ernestine, the telephone operator, has to babysit Natasha, which oh, yeah. <laughs> my uh, my avatar on the Tough Pigs forum is baby Natasha sitting on Ernestine, the telephone operator's lap. But I believe Ernestine <laughs> is cropped out because you it needed to be a small square. But uh, yeah, she was she was busy with the Muppets at the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know if everybody knows, but Ernestine was her character who I believe uh, first appeared on Laugh-In, the, the variety show. That's where she became famous. I mean, like, that's where the character... I, I don't know if that's... You know, I don't she know if she had developed done it. it on a stage act or something. But. Yeah, right. But she's she's played that character a lot over the years. She well, just so, keeps bringing as it as back. I, as, as I told you guys before we started recording, as I told you both, I got the album. I own the Ernestine album. Yeah. It's called This Is a Recording. It's from 1971. <laughs> and it's like a Bob Newhart album because it's all she's on the phone and she's talking to somebody that you can't hear. So uh, the okay. thing about it's Ernestine, it's the thing about Ernestine for our, our younger listeners, our listeners who are even younger than I am, is Ernestine <laughs> was a telephone operator, which was a job that existed. Uh, your job was to connect people. People would call the operator and be like, I'd like to speak to blank and they would have to connect you through to the person you would want to speak to and the thing about ernestine was ernestine was rude that was the number one joke now lily tomlin is wonderful so she's able to make that joke work but ernestine is rude that's that's the joke she she is unhelpful mm -hmm. unhelpful and rude um also also becca you said for listeners younger than you which implies that you a woman in your early 30s grew up with a telephone operator as a daily occurrence. That is of <laughs> no, course, none of us true. did. Because yeah. when you say, when, say you, when you, you guys when didn't you say, either. <laughs> no, w- when you say listeners younger than you, you mean listeners up to 20 years older than you. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I was going to say, hang on. You guys are older than me. No, right. And that's that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it's absurd for you to be like our younger listeners when what you mean is well, all of our listeners probably. Here's Maybe the not, thing, though. Most. Here's the thing, though. I have memory of Ernestine always being on Sesame Street. For oh, some sure. reason, I have a memory that she was always there. I believe she was only there three times total, counting that episode with baby Natasha and Sesame Street stays up late. But if you had asked me a week ago, I would say that she was basically like a main character like Ruthie. I don't right, know sure. why I have such vivid memories of one of those specials. But that's what I mean is like, if you didn't grow up with that era of Sesame Street or Lily Tomlin making appearances on things in the 80s as Ernestine the Telephone Operator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's also in the TV special Free to Be a Family, which Chris Surf was involved in and has a lot of Muppets in it. But I don't think she interacts with the Muppets in that. But yeah, there's a lot of crossover there. Is that the one where the Muppets sing something for everyone? It is, right? I think that's on the album, but it's not in the TV not special. In the special. Okay, because that's on yeah. the rules, too. That was one of the yeah. MP3s I downloaded. Oh, there you go. From... <laughs> Yeah, and and among those other MP3s was uh, songs from Kermit Unpigged, yes, which begins with <laughs> the most nice, nice asking the studio manager how to get to their studio, and she gives them complicated, uh, not very helpful directions, and then they all just go off to different places. 
Um, there's a lot of, uh, like, like chatter with different characters talking at the same time. I couldn't pick out much of it, but, uh, you can hear Gonzo tell Fozzie not to go into the bathroom for some reason. And he makes the same, like, I need to use the little bear's room yes. that, that he kind of does in, in Muppets from space. Oh, um, <laughs> okay <laughs> becca has changed her background to the picture of ernestine with natasha on her lap so that's great <laughs> now, now i'm gonna have to go rewatch that episode now i have not like seen it i'm managing the switchboard so, oh look at that <laughs> anyway so call yeah so One ringy dingy two ringy dingies. i'm connecting us back to the plot here so they're all they're all asking they, they're the muppets and they need to get to their recording studio yes uh not clear why they need to get to their recording studio. Like at no they're point do an, they uh, even I make it super clear. They're making an album, I think. I think that's the yeah, idea. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they explicitly say it, but they whatever. Don't. I don't know if you need it. But the thing about Ernestine is Ernestine is rude. So it doesn't go so well when they ask Ernestine for help. Right. You're right. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Even <laughs> if they followed her directions, they probably would not find their... The studio that has been assigned to them. So uh, then we get, so I guess Kermit makes his way to a studio somehow, because then the next thing we hear after, after they all run off is uh, the opening notes of the song. She drives me crazy, but he doesn't, he doesn't make his way to a studio because he's Which on the telephone. Anthony is helpfully providing for us. <laughs> He's on he's on the green courtesy phone. And I will say, did not understand the concept of a courtesy phone as a child. Oh, yeah. I no. understood a telephone operator. I did not understand <laughs> a courtesy phone. I thought but, Curtis so, I thought Curtis E phone was a person's name. That could be a Muppet character, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so now do you want to explain a courtesy phone? I feel like we have to now that you've brought it up. I'm 32 years old, and I don't think I can explain a courtesy phone. <laughs> well, I think of it like in airports, they would have courtesy phones where it's, if somebody got a like call, a phone it would you just be like a li- free, right? Yeah. yeah. Like if someone's calling a customer of the business, they can pick up the courtesy phone. I think that's all it is. I don't know. We'll have people correcting us if we're wrong. Well, so Kermit doesn't make it to a recording studio. This is why the Muppets and Kermit get separated. Because Kermit stays behind to answer the phone. And Miss Piggy is on the line. And it just- See, but I've, I've always assumed that he is in a studio and he's about to start recording a song when the phone rings and interrupts him. But it, it happens so I don't think- immediately. Hey, 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 um, I don't think this matters or is interesting. <laughs> like, I'm I, just going to be honest. <laughs> I, I agree and disagree with you. It doesn't matter, but it is interesting. Okay. So, uh, this is a song. So, oh, yes, it's Piggy on the phone, on the green courtesy phone. She is not at the studio yet, but she is called Kermit because she wants to talk about their relationship. And uh, that goes into the song. She drives me crazy. This was originally uh, recorded by Fine Young Cannibals in 1989. This was a number one Billboard hit. That is, I mean, um, that makes sense. It's so catchy. Like, it is very catchy. It's, it's a fun yeah. song. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Muppet version is better. Yeah? I don't know. I probably like them both equally. But the funny thing is that the original recording, I assume it's just one lead singer, but he sings 
the verses in a falsetto, and then he sings the chorus in kind of a louder, throaty voice. So it kind of sounds like he's doing Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog voices already. And I have to wonder if that inspired the choice of this song. It's just, I mean, it's such a perfect title for for the Kermit-Piggy yeah. relationship. Like, you see why, you know, you have to think that someone at, at the Muppets, um, and I will say Jim Lewis is credited with writing the parody lyrics to this song, which oh, are okay. mostly... Yeah, they did change the lyrics. Mo- that checks out. Not many of the lyrics are changed, but there's a couple. And um, you have to assume somebody heard the title and was like, oh, this is great, slam dunk. It's a catchy song that describes a relationship where somebody drives somebody crazy, but they can't help themselves. It's pig of the 90s. We're back. It's pig Mm. of the 90s time again. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Also, we would be, uh, uh, our our friend Matthew Soberman would uh, want us to note that uh, Weird Al Yankovic did a parody of this song called She Drives Like Crazy. Which and is on his UHF album. Not one of his better parodies. Not one of his yes, better parodies. And a- actually, after listening to this album, Miles was singing uh, She Drives Me Crazy. And I was like, hey, let me show you something. So I fired up the Weird Al song. Mm-hmm. And neither of my kids even like clocked that it was parody lyrics. Like the Oh, that's the, funny. The falsetto was just like, it didn't sound oh, like Weird Al. Yeah. And they couldn't understand yeah. the words, you know? Right. So they were just like, this is nothing. Like, they didn't like, and they, my kids love Weird Al. Like, right. sure. You know, especially if it's a song that they know, and all of a sudden it's like, what? We, you know, wow, now Weird Al is singing Girls Just Want to Have Lunch or whatever. Like, they're into that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's not the same. But so not this one. What's interesting and needs to be noted is this song was. I guess the closest thing to a single this album had, and they really tried to promote this. Do we want to talk they about tried. the She Drives? Yeah, well, listen, I'm going to sue BMI because they didn't do a good enough... Uh, <laughs> excuse me, EMI. Why did I say... Well, BMG Records. BMG Records. Yeah. No, I'm going to... Because they didn't do a good enough job, but they really tried. Do we want to talk about that promotion now? Because I let's, think... I, that's think, that's yeah. a, well, I think let's I, do it, yeah. I just had a couple more, like... This song, we'll, we'll talk more about like the state of the Muppets and their characterizations at this point in history, but there's just a lot of like Piggy going, oh, Kermy, 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 listen to me, Kermit, which is, that that gets old. Um, I do like when she says, Kermit, would you stop playing the guitar and listen? That <laughs> yes. makes me laugh. Yes. That's pretty good. And yeah. then uh, toward the end of the song, she says, I'm going bazongas here, Kermy. I'm going fruitcake. I like, I really like when she says, I'm going fruitcake. I laughed at that. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, which feels like Frank messing around. Yeah. Frank is really good on this album. I know that Frank is always good, but Frank is definitely like doing better than the material deserves. Yeah. He sometimes does. (laughs) He has a way of doing that. But uh, yeah, so, so this was the closest thing to a single because they made a music video for it. Which Do you I want to tell argue, us more about that, Becca? <laughs> I would argue that music video is unwatchable. Um, it's it's yeah. very bad. I was, I had it on, and I just kept apologizing to my fiance. I was like, <laughs> "I promise it's over soon. It'll, it'll be over soon. <laughs> it's, it's only four minutes. It'll be over yeah. soon." So the music video, there's two versions, which we were talking right. a little bit about. Um, and basically, it starts fine with a fairly halfway decent parody of the actual Fine Young Cannibals music video where 
there's some weird swirly cuts of Kermit playing the guitar and Kermit and Piggy singing the lyrics. And then all of a sudden, Kermit and Piggy's voices fall to the background. And there's just an endless barrage of celebrities, some of whom are literally so unrecognizable that Muppet Wiki has written down unknown celebrity next to their name. <laughs> wow. Um, and I need us, I need the internet to band together. Barrage to is right, though. Look at, and, but the thing is, a lot of these, it, it says on the wiki, were shot uh, at the, I think at the Jim Henson Company Carriage House in New York. And they're just, these people are just standing on a plain white background, which is fine, but also, like, the footage looks kind of grainy and low resolution, like it was shot with a VHS camera. Well, and, and they're not mic'd. They're, it's just like they have a tape recorder across the room or something, and well, you, can, some, you can barely hear some of them. Demi Moore and Bruce Willis are literally in a kitchen. And it looks yeah, like some the of them kitchen, they couldn't even be bothered kitchen, to bring them into the, the studio. The kitchen of their trailer or something, because it is not <laughs> like a nice kitchen. Right. Right. Well, and here's why I hate this other than the reasons that we've mentioned, is on, on Sesame Street, they were doing this all the time mm-hmm. around yeah. this time, right? They did. It definitely uh, feels like a riff they, on that. They did put down the ducky. They did monster in the mirror. They did sing, right. I think a few years after this later. Yeah. Um, but, but they were doing a lot of them and in, and those are all fun because the celebrities in them are one often on the Sesame Street set, often yes. with Muppets. And right. always singing a Sesame Street song. That's so the this, key difference. Yeah, this is just a hit song from a few years earlier that is unrelated to the Muppets. I was thinking about that because, like, when you are watching that, you know the 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 Sesame Street ones, and like Ebert and Siskel show up to sing, you know, a lyric of "Monster in the Mirror." They're singing a song that is inherently very silly. And right. it's silly to see these serious people singing a silly song. This is not a Muppet song. The only no. thing that makes this funny is that the Muppets are singing it. And yeah. then the Muppets aren't singing it because they literally, they push Kermit and Piggy's audio all the way to the back. Like, yes. Right. Well, and, and like, I like, I truly wonder, like, did Paul Reiser even know or whoever, like, like, did they tell him, like, this is for a Muppet thing? Or was it just like, hey, sing, she drives me crazy? Well, I bet they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Also, there, there seems to have been no preparation. Like, it, it, I bet they're all reading the lyrics from cue cards. Well, they, and some not, of them are not, like, they're not keeping up with the tempo of the song. It feels like most of them were just done in one take in five minutes and then right. they were out. You drive me crazy and I can't help myself. Leslie Nielsen does a fart machine in this I song. I mean, that was kind of his trademark. Right. But yeah, and that's, I, I, no, no, what, what I'm saying is that's the only fun thing about any of these celebrity cameras. Oh, I see. Is, uh, is well, I, Dennis Leary, Conan's Dennis Leary pushes his nose up and says, you have a pig nose. Yeah. And, and... He does. And Casey Kasem reads the lyrics like he's doing a dedication on his radio show. <laughs> yeah. which is- she drives me crazy. Oh, oh. Like no one else. Oh, oh. She drives me crazy. And I can't help myself. 
Oh, and Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack does. Kevin Pollack does his lines. He does. Oh, Johnny Carson. Definitely uh, Johnny Carson. And then I think he does one other impression. But he's like, she she drives me crazy. So here's here's the other thing too. (laughs) I did a round on Hubba of and Ryan, you were there for like who are the celebrities on um, Monster in the Mirror on Sesame Street and like. It was a difficult round that was in the finale where the games are difficult, but they, most of them are celebrities who I feel like at least still ring a bell. I was alive in this mm. era, and granted I was young, but I don't know who a lot of these people are, according to Muppet yeah. Wiki. Like I said, five of them are not even recognizable. And two of, <laughs> To any of the editors of the Wiki. Yeah, to any of the editors of the Wiki. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I, I mean, again, like I'm not going to read them all because there's so many. But yes. I encourage everybody listening to go to Muppet Wiki and like see how many you recognize or remember. Because yeah. there's some who are like these really really big names that you will remember, and then there's some that you're like, yeah. I'm I'm looking at the list right now. I don't know who Spencer Christian is. Should I? Maybe I should. Know. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's uh, um, it's uh, it's a song from the '80s. Spencer Christian, now the time <laughs> has come. Oh, okay, a song no, wasn't from he? The 80s isn't is isn't Spencer Christian a newsman? Wasn't he the anchor of like? Oh, probably. Of like, uh, uh, um, yes, G- Good Morning America, twenty or one of those. Sh- yeah, Good Morning oh, well, America. There you okay, go. Morning okay. Show guy. Yeah. All right, so recognizable to people who were watching. So. Also, also interesting, and we are going to get into this, but one of those cameos is Clifford, the Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> he is the only other Muppet who appears. And here's what's really funny. Clifford is featured prominently on this album, and we'll get to that in a second, mm-hmm. and also featured prominently on Muppet Beach Party. And something yes. I didn't realize as a kid and didn't fully comprehend until, like, today this was pre-Muppets Tonight. So right. we were just coasting on love of Clifford from the Jim Henson well, hour? They, they, they I, I wouldn't Kevin say love. I would say... one of the core performers. That's all. Yes, exactly. Wanting, yeah, wanting him to have a major character. And actually, this But then why does he be... cameo in this? Like, it's one thing to <laughs> give him a track on the album. It's like, sure. look, it's your new favorite Muppet. <laughs> You're like... going to like this guy. You really are. Um, no, this might actually be the, the best phase of Clifford because, like, he gets to sing cool songs on albums. And he's my. He, he has more to do than he did on the Jim Henson Hour, but he's not yet like the 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 stressed out host that he was on Muppets Tonight. He's my homie made of foamy. It's true. Clear. He is. Let's just be and, honest. And I should I should I should stress. You know, I think we'll we'll get there in a second, but like, because it's soon. But like, I think his songs are the better songs on both of these albums. Walking, what, is he, uh, what walk, does he sing on Beach Party again? Walking, walking on, on Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, that rules. And he sings uh, Surfing USA with Kermit. Okay, that Kermit, one's yeah. not as good. I was thinking of Walking on Sunshine. And Under the Boardwalk. Oh, yeah. Oh, he sings a lot on that album. Yeah. And, so he's saying Under the Boardwalk on there, and he's saying Up on the Roof on Muppets Tonight. On, a, yes, exactly. And on Broadway. He's stealing Grover's crown of Wait, knowing under... about prepositions. <laughs> <laughs> He's under and on and up. Wow. <laughs> okay. So I will quickly say there was a longer version of this that um, yes. our friend Scott at Muppet Wiki posted. 
And um, it's even worse because it's longer. It has a not funny framing uh, narrative where uh, WG, I mean, uh, excuse me, where SAG president Fran Drescher. Topical. Uh, yeah, uh, we're SAG. Pre- It'll still be topical whenever this releases, I'm sure. <laughs> Sadly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're SAG president uh, Fran Drescher, like, says, like, we made a music video for you. And then is it John? She's like the record label executive. It's John Landis, yeah. John Landis, Frank Oz's best friend, John Landis, yes. comes in and is like, I made a music video for you. And like, neither of them are fun. They're just well, like well, saying that they made a music video. Fran Drescher is essentially playing Bobby Fleckman, her character from This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah. Right, where she's the she's the artist relations that, for, for yeah, Paul that was records. probably the intention. Yeah. And no, like, here's the thing: I love This Is Spinal Tap. I adore it, and it's I good. think Fran I think Fran Drescher's great in it. Mm-hmm. And I love Bobby Fleckman. There's an episode of The Nanny where she plays Bobby Fleckman as well as playing Fran Fine. And One of the few episodes episode. of The Nanny I have ever seen. Is that right? It's my favorite episode of The yes. Nanny. Um, because I love Spinal Tap so much. And this also should have made me think about Spinal Tap and therefore be mm-hmm. excited. And it's just not very good. And, like, she doesn't do anything funny in it. I think I think Fran's a delight, but she doesn't do anything right. funny in this. And then, and then John Landis comes in and puts a tape in the VCR and Kermit and Piggy watch their music video and all the celebrities pop up and it just keeps cutting back to Piggy being like, who is this? Why did you cut away from me? Why isn't? Why am I not on the screen? Which is what Who's I'm wondering too. <laughs> right? She's yeah. Miss Piggy is all of us in those moments, but um, yeah. So that's not great. And <laughs> uh, Becca's background is now Demi Moore and Bruce Willis in their kitchen wearing captain's hats, singing "She Drives Me Crazy." <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. well, so that was track one. (laughs) Oh, God, okay, well, there's more to say about that one than the other. That that was the one that we would have the most to say about. Any other thoughts on She Drives Me Crazy before we move on? I like it after all the negative things that we have to say. The song is fine, yes. And yes, there's a little bit of just Kermit and Piggy just going, oh, Kermit, oh, Piggy, oh, Kermit, oh, Piggy. Oh, Piggy, Kermit, Kermit. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's. I think it is one of the highlights of the album. Yeah, I, I think um, it's fun. I, I don't know. True. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think most yeah. of this, like for for all that we're probably going to dwell on the negative here, I think most of this album is pleasant. Like, oh yeah, I should make that clear. I do enjoy this album. I think it is fun to listen to. Yeah, we're we're thinking about it critically, and it's a podcast, so we feel like we have to be snarky. So, yeah. but it would, but, it yes, would be it, better it's, if it's it was fun. like Nirvana unplugged and just you know. <laughs> Gonzo came on stage with a guitar and sang, uh, you know, um, Polly. Yeah, that's on Nirvana Unplugged. Um, oh, oh, I didn't actually know it was a Nirvana Unplugged. Nirvana no, it's, oh, okay. it's not. It's not. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It shouldn't be. Um, that would be bad. So, <laughs> yes, it would. It would be terrible. <laughs> so the second track is Daydream. Um, yeah, well, so the so uh, she drives me crazy. Ends with Kermit. No, with Piggy hanging up on Kermit, and then uh, out of nowhere, the second track starts with a voice saying "Kermit the Frog," and Kermit says "Vince Gill." Vince Gill. This is a theme on the album, and it's why uh, we we opened the episode this way. Characters yes. and celebrities just shouting each other's name, and admittedly, when <laughs> there's no video, you need that. Like right, right, but yeah. It's not how anybody actually talks. <laughs> but you know what, though? No. You know what, though? People 
people always talk about how like, oh, characters always address each other by name. People address each other by name all the time. You it's addressed true. me, you, Becca, I, I just addressed you by name to make it clear I was talking to you and not Ryan. And earlier <laughs> in this episode, you addressed me by name in the middle of a sentence to warn me that you were going to tell me which lead singer of a 10,000 million is on <laughs> yes. that unplugged album. Like, it's not, people act like addressing someone by name is this artificial thing. People do it all the time. Oh, it's It's true. just one of those, like, social media pop culture nerd it things is, that everybody loves jumping on. It is a little weird on this album, maybe. Just, like, it doesn't feel very natural the way they do it. I don't know. Right? Anthony just convinced me that this is <laughs> this album is extremely realistic. But I would say, if I saw Vince Gill, I might yell, Vince Gill. Who if is I saw, Vince Gill? If I saw Vince Gill, I would say, Amy Grant's husband... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, that's yeah. who Vince Gill is. That makes sense yeah. to me. He's... Yeah, Anthony, did you have additional information on Vince Gill? Um, I mean, he was a he was a country singer in the um, right. in the nineties. I mean, he was in um, he sings. What was that? What was that band he was in back in the seventies? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the uh, telephone operators. No, I'm looking it up. Okay, he was in the band Pure Prairie League, and then he was a solo artist. You know okay. the song, Amy, what you gonna do? That song. That's him. That's his. Oh, that's he, his, that's he was his in band. that band? He's the thing. He was oh, in that wow. band. Yeah. And okay. then, and then, um, he was just a nine, 80s and 90s country guy, married the Christian mm-hmm. singer Amy Grant. They became like yes. some sort of Christian slash country music, you know, super couple. Yeah. And, uh, they're still just around. They're just still out there doing it. They're, that's yeah. They're, they're they're still going. Um, so Vince Gill is sympathetic to Kermit's problems with Piggy, and he suggests just sitting back and letting the world pass by. And they sing the song "Daydream," which was originally a hit for the Love and Spoonful. Yes, my so, mom's one of my mom's favorite bands. I should oh, nice. I should say this album has. This is a, a nice song, but this feels like a good time to bring this up. That this album does have some of the the '90s biggest problems with the Muppets, and one of them is that this is probably the most milk toast Kermit has ever been. Yep. <laughs> and secondly, yeah. that they feel the need that a song won't be interesting to us unless the Muppet is consistently interrupting it to make comments that just aren't interesting and this is right I right they're, they're, they're not jokes they're not because they this nothing. is this is a song this song has probably the two two worst on this album in my opinion <laughs> which is he start vince gill starts singing daydream this this uh love and spoonful song and there's a line what a day for a daydreaming boy and kermit goes or frog <laughs> like <if we laughs> yeah. forgot that kermit was a frog I get it now. And then later it's like I get it. <laughs> some um Here's the thing though, every time I hear the Love and Spoonful version of this, I I, I say or in. frog yeah, in yeah, my head. Gotta do yeah. it. Gotta then, do it. And later, and I don't know this lyric as well, unfortunately, but it's something like and something you'd be like a sleepy bull toad, and Kermit goes, Toad? But I'm a frog. And it's like we got it. Kermit. Yeah, yeah, got you're it. right. That's that's a bit much to have both of them in there. Yes. Yeah. It's very bad. An interesting yeah, pick fact one. that uh, will be, will be, will have been on an episode of Habawa that I recorded yesterday. But in uh, in Portugal and Brazil, Kermit is actually a toad. We learned that. Oh, oh fun. Yeah. 
Uh, That's cool. So they had to dump this song differently a little bit, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Toad. But I, oh, actually, I am a Toad. Um, Yeah, so one thing I want to mention, I I am curious whether all or some or probably some, but maybe not all, of these songs were recorded with the Muppet performers and the singers in the same space at the same time, because it's very common for uh, artists to do these kinds of duet tracks just in separate studios, and then they're combined later. Um, I This one, I would believe that they were in the same place. I don't know. There's something maybe a little more natural on this one. Yeah. I don't know. In the... In the- Evidence that that maybe didn't happen is in the TV commercial, the promo that was, I think, on some videotapes. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. They Muppet Family who, Christmas. I mean, not right, Muppet sure. Family Christmas. Um, Muppet Classic Theater. That's the one I Muppet meant. Classic Theater, sure. Um, they show the, they name all the singers who are on it. And Vince Gill is just like a regular headshot of him. Okay, Vince and Gill some and, of them do have photos Vince, with Muppets, yes, right? Yes, Vince Gill and Linda Ronstadt are okay. just headshots. The others are all photographed mm. with a Muppet in studio. So, Interesting. Those are, the okay. two, those are the two that sang with Kermit, you know? So maybe, like, yeah. Steve Whitmire just didn't have Kermit with or, or whatever, you know? So I, I don't uh, know. I okay. really don't know. Yeah, all right. Um, that's all I have on yeah, uh, Daydream. Anything else? It's nice. It is nice. I like it. It's, yeah, like you say, it is, this is definitely wimpy Kermit phase. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, it's, it, if, if it wasn't already clear, this track makes it very clear that Kermit's not going to be funny on this album. He's not going to do anything that makes you laugh. He's just like this kind of wimpy nice guy, but it's fine. And listen, you can cut this if you want, but there's been so much complaints lately about like what is or isn't a good Kermit voice. This, doesn't read as Kermit to me a lot of the time. Like, it just reads as Steve Whitmire to me. Like, sure. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Whereas I, maybe because I can't see the puppet at the same time, but like, hmm. I don't know. That's Again, why he has to keep reminding you that he's a frog. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'd be like, I'd be like, what is, I don't know. What kind of animal, what kind of creature is singing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of another Steve Whitmire character who this might sound like. What is Stinky the Skunk doing here? Um, <laughs> yeah. So track three brings Clifford into the into the party. Um, yeah, and also <laughs> also Rizzo um, and other rats. The Rhythm Rats. They are credited as the Rhythm Rats. I find it interesting to note that Bill Beretta is credited as a musician on this album, but not listed with the Muppet performers. Does he, is he one of the rats? Was Bill Beretta a drummer? I feel like if he's anywhere, it has to be here. Does Bill Beretta play an instrument? This is, he's, he hasn't even done Muppet Treasure Island at this point, but he's on dinosaurs. He's on dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, doesn't he, doesn't he play Uh, one of the rats on um, Beach Party? No. The only, I didn't think so. The only rat that gets identified by name is Buzz the Wharf Rat, which is Dave Gold. And that's Dave Gold. Okay, yeah. yeah, so then, I don't know. He plays one um, of the main rats in Muppets from Space later. You know, he's like the big... I think I'm yeah, later. Or whatever. Bubba yeah. and oh, Buzz. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm conflating yeah. Bubba, Bubba and Buzz. Yeah. Um, our two favorite rats. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to figure that out, maybe. My, my two favorite but anyway, people. So, the rats are in George Benson's studio, 
Yes, uh, Clifford stumbles upon them messing around with George ben- George Benson's equipment. And George Benson uh, isn't mad at them if they can help him play on Broadway. And do the rats know on Broadway? They love it. Well, they live on it. <laughs> excuse me. They live. Don't they live under it? Isn't that the line? Oh, that's the line. We live under it. Okay, okay. yeah, we, no, we messed live, that one up. We need to we need to be like Clifford and get our prepositions correct. Well, yes, you're right. Well, you mentioned like you guys were talking about you both were talking about prepositions earlier, but um this these are all drifter songs. Under the boardwalk, up on the roof, and on Broadway were all hits for the drifters. Oh, yeah, like, that is very interesting. A group yeah, that originally didn't, didn't really have that many hits. You know? Yeah, I mean George Benson had a big hit with this song in, in between, like 1978 was his. Because yeah. that version is the one I know because it o- plays over the opening of Bob Fosse's All That Jazz. Mm, okay. A, a movie a movie that is a perfect, gorgeous masterpiece, and everyone should see it. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's on my list. You've never seen uh, it? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it like, oh, you got I just I'm surprised. I have, no, that I will. You, I haven't I'm seen it. I'm surprised that you, Ryan Rowe, have not seen all that jazz. I know. Seen I just haven't. Of the, of the Fosse oeuvre. you got to see... You both, I mean, I think you'd enjoy it too, Becca. But I will, like, it, I will, don't worry. It feels worry. like a movie you saw 20 years ago, right? Like, like that's all uh, I mean, Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I didn't but, get to it. It was not available at my local Hollywood video 20 years ago. Sure. <laughs> it's good. This song is really good because uh, George Benson has a nice voice. I don't know much about Yeah, George Benson, Benson, singer, jazz guitarist. Yeah, that, that jazz guitar is real nice on this. Um, yeah. The, 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 that, that tone. And and Clifford has a great voice and actually gets to sing. You know, like a lot of the Muppets are just interjecting, but like Clifford gets to take, take right, verses well, and stuff. Of of the performers who are on this album, I would say Kevin Clash and Jerry Nelson are the two who are really good singers. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and they're the so, two who get to sing. I feel right. like exactly. yeah, kind of spotlighted. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I I like at the beginning when it sounds like George Benson is about to kick them out and they're all trying to talk him into letting them stay. There's this, I think it's a, a rat voice by Jerry Nelson who says, give us a chance, give us a chance, give us a chance. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. Hey, fellas, what are you guys doing in my studio oh, anyhow? man, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Benson. I'll, I'll get these rats out of hey, here for you. Don't on, worry. Give us a chance, give us a chance, give us a chance. Um, and then I know we said we're not going to like go into all the, the songwriters of all these various songs, but it's worth noting that this song has four credited writers. Two of them are Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, who wrote a million rock and roll hits. But the other two are Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, or Whale. I've never been sure how her name was pronounced. But uh, those two would go on to write the songs for Muppet Treasure Island a couple of years after this. And that's why oh. we got to figure out before we start next season. How you <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to be saying her name a lot. Well, so. I and also I just want to mention real quick. So another thing I didn't know about when I first listened to this album was Greyhound buses because obviously I was not allowed to take buses as a oh. <laughs> three year old or whatever. So I thought after hearing all of those frog puns, I thought that Clifford was saying he was going to catch a Greyhound bus because Clifford was supposed to be a Greyhound. And for years, I labored under the assumption that Clifford was a greyhound, the dog. And I would say I was probably in my teens when I realized that Clifford was not a greyhound. No, I can see it, though. If if you had said you thought he was 
a Saint Bernard, then I would be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's silly. Face. But I could see him as a greyhound, yeah. And, yeah. and here's the thing, like, you know, a frog would take a frog bus and a, and a greyhound would take a greyhound bus. Yeah, exactly. Sure, of course. Makes perfect sense. And the homie made of foamy would take a homie made of foamy bus. <laughs> that's the bus he actually takes. True. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a really good one, I think. Um, toward the end, when George Benson is playing the guitar, he starts scatting, and Clifford is kind of chuckling appreciatively. I like that stuff a lot. Uh, this is also the first place I ever heard the the kind of folksy old joke, you can call me anything you want, as long as you don't call me too late for dinner. <laughs> yeah. My dad said that. The first, the first time I heard that was at age six minutes when my dad said it to me for the first of four million (laughs) times yeah yeah he says that one all he loves that one yeah well for some reason clifford asks george benson you don't mind if i call you george which i don't know why he would because that's his name but then that's the response maybe he wants to be called mr benson you ever think about that Mr. Benson could be, or Mr. George Benson. Well, that's what Elmo would call him if, if uh, yeah. Kevin Clash was playing yeah. a different character. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Anything else about on Broadway? And no. Or under Broadway or on top of Broadway? Well, on, so then on top of Linda Ronstadt. Kermit. Kermit says, yeah, I wonder who's in here. Who could it be? He opens another door. You know, he they, they really could be... Imp- like interrupting important recording sessions well, it's by really, these big stars. It's really interesting because Linda Ronstadt is like, we needed someone to help lay down some harmonies. Yeah. And she's like, do you think you could do it, Kermit? And Kermit's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm well, like, Kermit, all you do is sing. Mm. Hey, we could use some help. What? Would you like to sing some harmony? Uh, well, I, I I don't know if I could, really. I mean, I, I'd love to try, Would you but... I, please? Well, I, I suppose I could, Linda, but I'm, I'm just For not sure... For me, Kermy? Oh, Linda. What do you mean? But, <laughs> see, uh, she she calls him Kermy, which I think is adorable. Mm-hmm. And he, he, to me, he feels flustered. Like, he, like Linda Ronstadt is flirting with him. Like, he hasn't, yes. he hasn't seen Linda Ronstadt in 13 years, you know? And I, I did... When we did our Muppet Show 40 Years Later reviews, I reviewed the Linda Ronstadt episode, and I noted that this is this is a, a good example of consistent Muppet canon, because yeah. Kermit and Linda Ronstadt spend a lot of time flirting in that episode. And, yeah, oh yeah. And that's that's why they have such, you know, they're, they're flirting. They have chemistry. They're flirting so much here. Yeah, I like that they carry that on here. It's not, And at the time, I don't know... Had the Muppet Show started airing on Nickelodeon yet uh, at this point? I, I think so. Yeah, because yes, it definitely had. Because in third grade, my uh, that was in my t- that was what I put in my time capsule for favorite TV show, and I never saw it <laughs> okay. until it was on there. Okay, so people listening to this album could have possibly seen that episode of the Muppet Show recently. Oh yeah, there's so Anthony's background now, uh, Kermit looking. Um, uh, gazing at Linda Ronstadt. I, I think they're singing in that. Yep. Oh, and and Becca's background now. Linda Ronstadt singing. Is it the Shoop Shoop song? Yeah, it is the Shoop Shoop yep, song. Yeah, because it's whatnots. Yeah, with Janice and some whatnots. Because she like, I love that that version when she rips into like does he? It's so, I rules. So she like I rips, yeah. tears the, the, the roof Ronstadt, off the Muppet Theater. Linda Ronstadt episode of the Muppet Show. It's fun. This song yeah. is. Fine. I don't know. It, I don't <laughs> so, love this one. 
so just after after his hesitation and her uh you know please for me Kermy, he does agree to sing the harmony uh they sing all i have to do is dream this was a hit for the everly brothers in 1958 uh, just <laughs> so you may have noticed most of these songs not um <laughs> not so recent uh she drives me crazy was the the newest song i think they covered probably blew all of their like music budget on she drives me crazy <laughs> and we're like i don't know but um yeah it's you know it's 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 pretty it's nice i, I mean Steve yeah, I, Whitmire think I think it's Kermit does he does do really good harmonies uh it's it's a good duet and i should point out another great example of um great example of milk toast kermit that he just spends most of the time just going hmm hmm Mm. responding to mm-hmm. everything <laughs> yeah. also another great example of kermit needs to remind us he's a frog because yes. linda ronstadt sings the lyric when i feel blue and then kermit goes or green because <laughs> he just wants to make us remember that that's what color a frog yeah. is. yeah and in that case like that has nothing to do with the lyrics when i feel green when you feel green that like you're about to throw up doesn't yeah. mean you're sad. Yeah, Kermit. Ah, uh, Kermit. Okay. Get out of here. Um, yeah, this one, I, I would not be surprised if they were not recording together in the same studio. I assume the, the banter is scripted. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's cute. And then at the end of the song, um, it sounds like Linda Ronstadt kisses Kermit. And then they, they keep uh, going, bye-bye, oh, bye. Bye, 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 until it fades out. It's it's very sweet. It's like like two, uh, you know, two people going. You hang up first. No, you <laughs> hang up first. Yeah, it is. They just don't want to part ways. One of the highlights of the album is "Born to Be Wild," which is the next track. Uh, I I love this one. Um, huh. Yeah. Well, this okay. this happens after Miss Piggy <laughs> arrives at the studio. <laughs> Uh, Miss Piggy banters with Ernestine, who suggests that she might uh, want to record an album of hog calls. Piggy threatens her with violence. Uh, she starts <laughs> wandering the halls. Apparently, none of these studio doors have names on them because she's just like Kermit. She's like, oh, here's a door. I'm going to open this Some one. of them do, though, because Gonzo Yeah, I know. We find that out later. later. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> wow. It's going to be <laughs> the Inconsistent. Big, big twist. Yeah. This is a goof. Uh, yeah, so she... She opens a, another studio door, and who is it? It's Ozzy Osbourne from Trolls World Tour. It sure is. Yeah, it's Ozzy Osbourne. This is kind of smack dab between him uh, relieving himself on uh, a statue near the Alamo about a decade before this, and becoming America's uh, favorite befuddled dad on the Osbournes uh, reality show about a decade after this. Yeah, and then he plays Rachel Bloom. <laughs> dad in trolls world tour so that was good too. <laughs> and those are his the highlights of his life yep. well so he he really wants to serenade miss piggy and wants to serenade her with born to be wild so this is a this was a hit song for steppenwolf the band steppenwolf yes uh 1969 not, 69 not the justice league villain steppenwolf he right he never recorded right. born to be and, wild and, and also not the acting school but yes. Um, mm, yes. But I always thought it was weird that he doesn't sing one of his own hits. Like 
he could be he could sing Crazy Train with Miss Piggy. Like why why not? Yeah. George Benson well, really, does on, on George Broadway. George Benson is the only know? one who does that, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um well yeah, but Piggy is at first her reaction is Ozzy Osbourne, boy, did I open the wrong door. She's about to leave, but he just <laughs> kind of keeps yelling at her until she decides to stay. He's like, we're gonna rock! Right. And she says, oh, you're gonna sing to me? And he says, yeah, me and you. What does that mean? Means that me- He's gonna sing to her and he's gonna sing to himself? Or I mean- he thinks that she and him are gonna sing to her? Or what does that mean? He's Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. He he has no idea what's going on. This one, I am fairly certain, was not recorded with Frank Oz in the same uh, studio as Ozzy Osbourne, because it's really just Ozzy singing Born to be Wild and Piggy reacting to it. Which I know I said I hated, but I think this one is really (laughs) funny, because again, I think just Frank Oz is better at doing the reacting to a song that's going on than the other performers are. Yes. Hmm. I I think that that manages to save it and how Piggy goes through like disgust into like complete like in love with Ozzy Osbourne and the oh, song. Oh, it gets weird. It gets by yeah. by halfway through she's saying like, "Oh, Ozzy, yes, yes, Ozzy." Yeah, it's, it's like intense. Yeah, And yeah. then by the end, like, she comes back to her senses and she's like, Ozzy, get off the floor. Like, yeah, I don't know. That, that's I, funny. I enjoy that's it. That's pretty good. Uh, but it, yes, it is the exact problem that I was talking about, where it's not really a duet as much as it is Ozzy sings a cover of a Steppenwolf song and Miss Piggy says, "Is there? oh, Ozzy, over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's, I, like, that's it. Like, I'll be honest, I don't love it. Like, it's fine. No, it's not my favorite. I might rank it last. Well, <laughs> this, interestingly this enough, though, is that Ozzy right? Like, Ozzy liked I it so know. much that it's on uh, his 2005 uh, Ozzy Osbourne compilation uh, set, Prince of Darkness. That's cool. This is the Prince of Darkness. He's in full yeah. bloom here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Singing <laughs> singing a, a song that you would hear on oldies yep. stations, yes. oldies radio. With Miss Piggy. Uh, you know what? Hey, you guys. And then, hey, you know what? Black Sabbath song Ozzy should have sung with Miss Piggy. War Pigs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, okay. Why didn't they do it? Missed opportunity. I can't. Anyways, I can't do what? the Weird Al trivia as fast as you guys. <laughs> <but>. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, whereas Linda Ronstadt gave Kermit a kiss that he was happy to receive, when Ozzy Osbourne says "Give me a kiss," Piggy says "No way, I'm out of here," and she leaves the studio. And that is the weirdest track on the album. Now, if you have the cassette tape, this is where you have to turn the tape over side, or side two, wait for your auto-reverse to kick in. So we're now up to side two. Uh, Rizzo is excited because he sees a sign. Okay, for once, there is a studio with the artist's name on the door. It, Rizzo thinks it says Jimmy's Buffet. Rizzo. Gonzo tells him. No, that says Jimmy Buffett. Rizzo Anthony, loves to eat. He loves Rizzo, food. Rizzo likes food. Does Rizzo like to eat? Yeah, Rizzo, I, I don't. <laughs> Rizzo loves to eat. <laughs> and so he says this. But here's here's my thing. Here's my tangent about Jimmy's Buffet. 
Please. There was an episode of Dumb and Dumber, the animated series. Now, <laughs> at, right after Jim Carrey blew up, his first three hit movies all inspired animated series. Ace Ventura, The Mask. In the same season, and I think, right? In the same season, 95, 96 yeah. TV season. And they were all bad, I'm sure. But I loved all of them at the time. This is the one. Dumb and Dumber is the one where Jim Carrey's voice was provided by Matt Frewer. Played, played Lloyd on this. And okay. uh, there's an episode where they're going to, they see a sign that says 99 cent buffet. And Lloyd says, 99 cent Buffett. He's a great singer. And Harry says, if the show's that cheap, the food must be reasonable too. Now, that's <laughs> the same joke as this. And yeah. it's not funny either time <laughs> because Jimmy Buffett's last name looking like the word buffet is just something that is evident. It's not a joke. It's just like everyone knows the word buffet looks like Buffett. That doesn't make it funny to say it out loud. Anyway, yeah, that's why I hate I, this. Okay. But I think that's, I, I don't think, I, I would not judge it so harshly as just like a 10 second, not, not even 10 second, a five second way to introduce this, this track on the album. Also, Anthony, you need to remember Rizzo loves food. Rizzo <laughs> loves food. That about Rizzo, Rizzo. Rizzo does love He's food. He's always thinking about it. Rizzo does love food. And um, this song is great, I think. This is oh, my favorite song on the album by far. This, like, this not even close. Best. Yeah, okay. This so, uh, yeah, Rizzo goes down the hall to, to I don't know, to look for food, I no, guess. Rizzo, um, okay, Gonzo. We're gonna fu- no, Rizzo specifically says, I saw... Oh, that's right. This is where he says it. And Yes, yes, yes. We're, we're, he says there's some guy in there later. But I have right. to imagine that Rizzo sang a duet with Meatloaf, and it just wasn't recorded for posterity. <laughs> like, in, oh, man. In, in universe, that happened. Yeah, well, yeah. they sang, somehow, they sang all, like, 12 minutes of a meatloaf song. They sang Paradise I think they sang Dash Rat Out of Light. Hell. Oh, Rat, Rat Out of Hell, of Rat course. Out of Hell. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, okay. so, yeah, so, Gonzo enters Jimmy Buffett's studio, and Jimmy Buffett doesn't look so good. Gonzo's very rude, though, to point that yes. out. Gonzo immediately <laughs> says, you don't look so good. <laughs> You have to assume that he looks real bad then if Gonzo if Gonzo notices. Yep. Well, here's the thing. It's 459 somewhere. And Jimmy <laughs> is just waiting. He's just counting down the minutes. Yeah. Well, so Jimmy explains that real quickly that he's going to explain to Gonzo what happened. And what happened is again, as I called out much earlier in the episode, the bird's song Mr. Spaceman. Which, yes, a moderate hit for the birds in 1966. Until today, the day that we recorded this, when I listened to this album, I didn't know what this song was outside oh, of the context of this album. I love, so I love the birds. Uh, actually, yeah, I, so. I only, I mean, I only, I only know like you know their their big hits. Like I don't, sure. I don't know. The yeah, birds. I feel like this one doesn't get played on oldies radio only, or classic it's rock on the much. Best of. I have the best of the birds okay. on vinyl over there. Yes, but, but no. Yes, but not. is it? Yes, but is it on the Forrest Gump soundtrack? No, I was about to say, well, but no, it's turn, not. Turn, turn, turn. It's is. not so turn, that's turn. That's what I know. Right. So this song is a, a weird outlier in the Birds catalog because it is just a song about meeting aliens, yeah. which is not what they're usually singing about. Um, and Jimmy Buffett just explains it in song form as if it happened to him. 
Yeah. And Gonzo does a lot of just commenting on stuff, but also does sing along. He sings a verse, yeah. yeah. And the chorus. And uh, it's a ton of fun. Jimmy Buffett just has great energy. I mean, like... Agreed. That, like, that's the thing yeah. about Jimmy Buffett is he's just very, like... I don't love his music um, because it's just not really my my genre, but, like... Part of You're not a parrot head? I am not a parrot head. No, I'm an H I'm an H Ross parrot head. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, the reason he's had such staying power is just because he has such like a good sense of humor and a good energy to his music. And I can respect those things. And it really like I wish he almost did more with the Muppets. Um, you oh, know, yeah. he, he was on Elmo Palooza two years later mm. uh, and sang Caribbean Amphibian with Kermit. Oh, right. And Kermit, it's yeah. wonderful. Um, not as good as this one, though. I don't know. I wish he did more. It's it's just such a fun Yeah, it would have been bit. fun to have him on The Muppet Show. And this actually maybe feels the most like a Muppet Show number. I guess the Linda Ronstadt one could have been. But this one, this one... Could have been. Yeah. And also interesting, this is Gonzo dealing with alien content five years before Muppets from Space. With the exception of, like, I don't know, there must have been something on Gonzo Presents Weird Stuff, but this is really one of the first, like, Gonzo talks about aliens things. Right. Yeah, he's very excited to hear Jimmy Buffett's story of being visited by aliens, and he... He wants to go along. Like, yeah, he's he's really into this. Well, I I mentioned that I listened to this with my kid. Like, I had it on. My kids were like in and out of the room, you know, and they were pretty into this one. And they were both just kind of like, yeah, well, Gonzo's an alien, so that makes sense, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, right. For all they know, yeah, and and, and not just because of Muppets from Space, but there's an episode of Muppet Babies, the mm-hmm. newer Muppet Babies. Where yeah, like, they go to his planet. They go to his planet and they meet all the other oh. Gonzos and he does an entire planet full of Gonzos just like me, you know. And um, hmm. so it's just it's just kind of part of the Muppets now. Okay. You know, in a way that like when Muppets from Space came out, it was very controversial and still is among yeah. some fans. Came out like, of nowhere. Well, <laughs> so, I like I like the phrasing. I know you're right, but I like the phrasing of like, you know, that very controversial movie, Muppets from Space. Among but, a very but, like small you said, you do know that portion I'm right. of the population. Like, oh, I do. It's just Yeah. Uh so Rizzo comes back to report that there's a spaceship outside, Jimmy Buffett jumps on board. Uh, Gonzo wants to go, but Rizzo reminds him that he has to be here for the end of the album. Does he really? Couldn't Gonzo just get on that spaceship and fly away? They'd, nobody would really miss him. I mean, they would miss him, but he doesn't have to be on that track. All the other Muppets are singing on that song. They would definitely miss him. When he doesn't show up for a Halloween party, Kermit just keeps calling him <laughs> to say how sad yeah. he is. Yeah, but he could always come back. I mean, Jimmy Buffett, we know, Jimmy Buffett did not just go to outer space and stay on some some planet out there because or, or do we well I, I mean i guess you think it's a clone of jimmy buffett yeah, that came back or? it's a body snatchers thing yeah. he's not he's so <laughs> so there's now like like margaritavilles on other other planets and stars i hope all so, over the, I hope so. the galaxy <sighs> margaritaville restaurants <laughs> anyway. uh yeah, so then uh, Gonzo says, hey, Rizzo, is there any of that meatloaf left? And Rizzo says, nah, there was some big guy in there. I guess he ate it all. 
Some big guy. Anthony, better better or worse than Jimmy's buffet? Because I feel like this might be worse than Same. Jimmy's buffet. Both, both bad. Like here here. Well, no, I would say like, this is worse because it's so like it Meatloaf's name sounding like Meatloaf is just his is name not, on purpose. Right. He named himself after food. Right. Meatloaf's name being meat but but Meatloaf's name being Meatloaf is the same as the word buffet looking like buffet. Like they're not But that's Jimmy Buffett's real name. Right, but both of these like, are bad is all I'm saying. Like it's not, yeah. Not, I, and I'm of saying them is a joke. Meatloaf is, is it, worse. Neither of them is a joke. The Muppets used to make jokes. We used to build right. things in this country, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and those things were jokes about the Muppets yes. that were mostly written in another country. <laughs> That's true. Hmm. Uh, what do they call Meatloaf? Do they have some some funny name for Meatloaf in the UK? They call it being green. Uh, okay. Track. Uh, track. <laughs> eight on this album okay so it's yes. track seven only but oh yeah here's here's the thing i i'm not like the number one eagles fan but i enjoy the eagles okay i enjoy don henley's solo work when boys of summer comes on i'm singing along with it every time all right sure very loudly and very enthusiastically <laughs> know know that that is true as background this recording of bean green is the worst thing any Muppet has ever been involved in. It's so bad. Thank you. This Thank is, you, Anne. This, well, this is already a slow song, and they yeah. slow it down for no reason, and it's hmm. unbearable. Like, it feels like it's 17 minutes long. <laughs> so well, and I, again, like, the thing is, maybe, yeah, probably more than any other track... Kermit doesn't do anything at all. No. Like, Don Henley's like, oh, you should come in here. I think you're going to know this song. And then the song starts and Kermit says it sounds familiar. And then that's it until the very end. The rest of it is just Don Henley singing Being Green. Kermit doesn't interrupt him. He doesn't react until the very end. He just kind of goes, it's not easy being green. And then that's it. Right. And, but also Don Henley, I mean, truly, he sings it like, it's not that easy being green like 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 that's the, that's the mood of this thing you know i know it's not that easy being green it seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things Don Henley just wanted to see if he could write a song that felt, or perform a song that <laughs> felt more brutally long than Hotel California does. And he didn't succeed. Uh, this is shorter than Hotel California. I think, I think Hotel California is infinitely better than this recording. Like, Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I don't like the Eagles, and I don't really like Don Henley, with one exception that I'm curious if, if you two know. Mm -hmm. There's only one way I'll take my Don Henley, mm -hmm. and it's when he is voicing uh, a country Tennessee bear, of course. the bear. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee yeah, yeah. the bear in <laughs> the Henson production of um, The Country Bears, the movie. Uh. And um, when... So I like to just close my eyes and pretend that this is Tennessee the Bear uh, <laughs> serenading serenading Kermit, and then I can do it. Um, so you prefer him as a bear rather than an eagle or a frog? Yeah, and you know I even got my my Tennessee right here. Ah, there he is. There he is. Look That's at that. Amazing. Yeah. So, are so would you say that you 
you prefer the version of the song sung by Thurl Ravenscroft on the 1970 album Rubber Ducky and Other Songs from Sesame Street to this version of the song? I didn't hear that one. Yeah, I've ne- one, <laughs> one, I've never heard that. Oh, it's very strange. It's it's one of the, this. I don't know who produced or recorded this album, but it's it's obviously like this quick cash in on the success. Of is Sesame it is Street. it like one of these Peter Pan record things? Yes, I think it is a Peter sure, Pan record. Yeah, that makes and sense. it's just Thurl Ravenscroft, the voice of Tony the Tiger, saying, "I'd like to talk to you about the color green." Hi, I'm a frog. I'd like to tell you about being green. Do you know what's green? Well, I am, for one thing. You see, frogs are green, and I'm a frog, and that means I'm green. You see, it's not that easy being green. And then he sings being green, and it's very strange. It's not I didn't realize that Tony the Tiger was voiced by a frog this whole time. (laughs) Maybe Thurl Ravenscroft was actually a frog. Yeah. Uh, okay, so being green, not great. Anything else? Being well, that, green, that track. Bad. No, I don't like it. Um, okay. being Need green it. is you know it's a good song. It's, it's it's the song itself is good. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, memorably Originally. performed by um, Ray Charles. Uh, oh yeah, Ray, Kermit the Ray Frog. Ray Charles, Lena Horn, Ray Charles, <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Yeah. No, we come on. Yeah. we're we're talking about being green and Frank Sinatra. We gotta call him noted Joe Raposo <laughs> Stan Frank Sinatra. We get, like guess, we yes. mentioned Muppeturgy earlier yeah. in this episode. Yeah, we, we yeah. can't let is, that pass. This is this is how we know he's noted uh, Joe Raposo. That is how it happened. Yeah, that's how it started. Exactly. Yeah. So, so next track is where all of a sudden this album takes a wild swerve and like yeah. forgets the premise that this is about Muppets and celebrities, and now for two tracks this is about Kermit and Jerry Nelson. And it's, yes. for, and it's for two better for it, I think. Correct. Correct. Right. So, well, now Kermit is uh, playing the ukulele and singing an unplugged version of Wild Thing, uh, that song best known as a hit for the Trogs in 1966. Right. Uh, Animal once did an abbreviated version of Wild Thing on The Muppet Show. Kermit singing it here on his ukulele is adorable. Like, I think it's, yeah. I, w- yes. I would love so, it if the whole song was that, honestly. So the whole, yeah. the conceit here is Kermit wants to perform a nice, quiet, unplugged version of Wild Thing. And Floyd and Animal want to play, well, Animal was the one who says he wants to play a, a plugged in version. Floyd is along for the ride here. Yeah. And it's kind of like this sort of like duel between like this quiet, unplugged ukulele version of wild thing and floyd and animals like really psychedelic version of wild thing which is also yeah. wonderful yeah i, I think, think it's i think it know. rules i think this is so fun and oh yeah wild thing what? Bing, what? see i just wanted to do a nice quiet version in. animal plug This song is absolutely, I just said the Jimmy Buffett one was my favorite of the album, but this is probably my favorite. Yeah, this, this is, is the this best is number one. two this for song, me, probably. This song had a huge, I truly believe this song shaped the way I understand the Muppets, because hmm. 
in some way, I feel like in my memory, the Muppets were always doing things like this, where like one of them was trying to do something one way and the other one was trying to do well, something another way. Yeah, I mean, it, it even harkens back to like the old variety show sketches and even like early Sesame Street stuff. But it doesn't that happen that often on The Muppet Show. And in my mind, mm. it but, did all but it, the time. But it I feels actually, like it could. Like, exactly. Yeah. One of you mentioned one of these songs feeling like a Muppet Show song. Born to be Wild, probably. No, a Spaceman, but oh, it's Oh, okay. it's Spaceman. Sure, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think this one feels like it. This could be like a, like a you know, the, the guest star wants to do one thing and, you know, an- and, animals yeah. messing it up or whatever kind of thing. When you know? I was getting into... Muppet fan art, which, as you guys might know, was basically my way into the Muppet community that would eventually lead to me, I don't know, I'm being here. But um, when I started doing, like, doing and posting Muppet fan art in, like, the late aughts, one of the first pieces I remember, like, being really proud of was I drew a picture, and I will try to find it if you want to put oh. it in the show notes. Um, I drew a picture of, like, Kermit trying to play a wild thing, an animal being really loud and screaming, plug in! Because, like, this is, like, what I thought of as, like, one of the quintessential Muppet moments. Because I hmm. loved Kermit Unpigged and this track so much i could see that yeah it's yeah. great yeah and it it is you know i complain about kermit being wimpy but the, the, just, just the the cute kermit version of the song where he's like wild thing boom boom bing boom but that that is just so much fun but also i think kermit just wanting like obviously normally he plays a banjo um, yeah. Roger Ebert would have been thrilled to hear that Kermit plays the ukulele on this, <laughs> which like yes. he does in the Muppet movie, according to Roger Ebert. Um, yes. But I think that Kermit just wanted to like hang out and play the song is like that has more personality than anything else Kermit does on this album. Correct. Right. Yes. You're right. Yes. He's, he's doing something. He has motivation. Yeah. It feels, it feels a little bit like Kermit liking sort of, again, almost like traditional variety show type performances mm-hmm. rather than just, Kermit is a wimp. To me, it's more like I agree. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. almost like it's almost like he's doing things like on Sam and Friends, you know? Yeah, when exactly. They, yeah, they yeah. Sync to but, old school, you know, records. But then, stuff. then every time Floyd commandeers the song back, it's so cool because Jerry Nelson sounds great on this song. He and, does. So, like I alluded to earlier, Jerry Nelson is like doing so good as Floyd here. And this was basically like the last, honestly, one of the last times we ever really heard Jerry's Floyd. Yeah. Right. He has he like, has he has like one line in Muppet Treasure Island. One. I think he has, but no, he doesn't even have hmm. a line in Muppets from space. And right. like, he's not on Muppets tonight at all, even though, even he's, though right, he, Jerry was there. He's, he's very yeah. prominently featured visually in the Garth Brooks episode. Right, um, but he doesn't, but he doesn't say thing. anything, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, weirdly, like, Jerry's Floyd's farewell, even though Jerry yeah. would stick with the Muppets. Well, but he's in on one of the... Years. No, but he's in one of the... What are those Odyssey commercials? Muppet... Muppetism. Oh, or oh, yeah, yeah. How Sometimes the frog just gotta well, no, get funky. I don't mean, like, how can yeah. you forget it? I, no, mean, I know. Like, he, he did do something else. Yeah. It would be more poetic if this was the end, right? But it's, you know... Yeah. Muppets Party Cruise, he does host uh, a... 
pinball mini game called Floyd's Pink Balls. That is a bizarre name for a game. And is that really exist. what it's called? Uh, pretty sure. Floyd's Pink Balls? I thought it was, I want to say Spinball. Oh, you're right. It's Spinball. The Okay, so here's the thing. The audio track is called Floyd's Pink Balls balls the song that plays during it because i managed to find the uh composer's website had posted the Uh, audio files of all of the songs had this saved to my ipod years ago that's great so Hmm. uh the game is called spinball but uh the composer called the song floyd's pink balls Uh um but anyway yeah and it's great and this is lovely and floyd is great and i I don't understand why Jerry's Floyd didn't stick around. Yeah. Why, I, I think, why couldn't they? I mean, I, I, I think because the thing where the rest of the mayhem weren't around so much, but why couldn't they have just done more stuff like this for him? Why not on Muppets Tonight? Right, but I, I think but but I think you just said it. Like, I think that's why. Dr. Teeth and Janice both are silent. Zoot was always kind of silent right. anyway. Frank isn't around but that yes. much. You know, yeah, I was right. gonna say Floyd and Animal like are a duo, and that's mm-hmm. one of the fun things that Muppets Mayhem kind of plays with is like, why yes. are Floyd and Animal a duo? I don't know. I guess Frank wasn't around much for Animal, but right. like, I don't know. This is so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, as the song ends, Animal goes crazy on the drums, and then I guess he, I don't know, collapses. Floyd says, "Time for Num Num's little nap." And Animal says, ah, I feel tired. Which is a nice little button That's on great. the whole thing. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and then Robin finds Kermit. Mm-hmm. They don't know where all their friends have gone, still, despite searching ev- behind every door in this <laughs> recording studio. But Robin points out that sometimes it's nice just uh, to have some time for the two of them to talk. And then they sing a song called Can't Get Along Without You. I did not know until I was taking notes for this episode this was a new song for this album. It's yeah, weird. I, it's weird that there's one yeah. original song on this. Very. So yeah. I assumed that this was an old song that like Jim Lewis had added parody lyrics to because at one point Robin is like, I could hop yes. nonstop. And I was like, okay, so it must have originally been like, I could bop nonstop. <laughs> and they got. Well, Jim- and there's a line about lily pads and being on your own one frog team. It does sound like it's. And who knows? Okay, so this is credited to Robert Kraft and John Boylan, and they just happen to be the producers of this album. So I would not be surprised if they had written this, hoping to sell it to, I don't know, some pop singer as a love song, because it it could easily be interpreted as a romantic song. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe they just changed some of the lyrics around. Well, because and used it, it for the it, Muppets. It was essential that they changed those lyrics around because uh, it had been maybe three tracks since we were reminded that Kermit was a frog. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I was starting to forget. Yeah, you got to have some references to hopping. Yeah. What do you guys think of this song? Um, the song as a song, kind so, of boring, and the, the arrangement and the production. Has this kind of like adult contemporary? Yeah, agreed. Like, it's it's thing dull. that I'm not it's... really into. I can't get along. I'm no good alone. Something's wrong when you're not at home. I can go through the motions. It 
it's yeah. nice to hear Robin, especially. Yes. Um, this song, again, much like the Being Green song, feels like it's very long. It feels yes. endless. Yeah. And yeah. it's a combination of the mixing and just the fact that he is the stronger singer. But Robin completely drowns out Kermit by the end. Like, mm, yeah. Robin is like... You almost forget Kermit is there. By so the you, end. Think, you think you mean Robin could get along without him? Is is what I'm hearing? Yes. Oh, I, listen, Robin had a number one hit in the UK charts. Without, oh yeah. So without so really, Kermit. yeah, really, Robin that's, is a celebrity guest on this track, and Kermit's just singing with him. That's true. Yeah. Is that true that Halfway Down the Stairs went to number one? Is that true? I don't think it went to number one. No. I don't think it was one. Yeah, I was going to say. Was it like number, I don't know, number Robin, six? Robin had the best-selling song in all of England's history. In all of England's <laughs> history. Yeah, it was, there's never been a British song that has Ro- sold better. Ever. Robin actually wrote Rue Britannia. Most people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I didn't know this was an original song until today. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this existed until today. Like, I'm sure I heard it. I'm sure I downloaded it 24 years ago. Here's the thing. I forgot this track was on the album. When I was re-listening to it this morning, I was like, wait, Robin is here? <laughs> Could not remember this was on the album. Because Robin on on Muppet Beach Party, Robin gets to sing Fun, 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 which is yeah. far and away the best thing on that album, in my opinion. That's a good one. Yeah, mm, I think "Walking on Sunshine," but uh, yeah, "Walking on Sunshine" know, is good. Uh, but again, it's that same thing where too. where Kevin Clash and Jerry Nelson are are like ginger yeah, are the ones who are good at singing, <laughs> right? <laughs> they right. were the they were the puppeteers who were good at singing. Yeah, and of yep. course, and, we should, um, and of course, R- Richard Hunt, who had yes, had passed away yes. by then, of course. If Richard Hunt was on this record, that'd be great. Well, that's yeah. It's too bad. Like uh, uh, you think about like oh, what what song would Scooter sing on this or Janice? Yeah. I don't know. Name yeah. an adult contemporary hit, um, right? <laughs> but he's saying uh, America's people... America's sister, Golden Hair. Okay. I think we should get Janice on this album to sing, um, both sides now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good, good pick. Okay. T- With... Telly Monster did such a great job singing that that you know. Uh, yeah, that Telly parody of both sides now is something else. <laughs> it's real good. I don't even. What's it called? What's it called? Three uh, sides now. Of course, you got it, Anthony. Yeah, I was right. gonna say. I bet you could guess. Yeah, uh, it's like I saw a shape with three sides now. Three angles good. too. They go up and down. Something like that, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> uh, anything else on uh, whatever this song was called? Um, can't get along. <laughs> can't get along without you. Without you. Okay, uh, then that brings us to the final track. Somehow, we don't know how. We didn't get to hear it. We don't find out. All the Muppets have, have found each other again. They've all gotten back together. And Kermit and Piggy are no longer fighting. Right, yeah. They're, yeah. They seem to be the cool. The right quote-unquote yeah. plot that this album sets up has entirely been resolved while Kermit and Robin were singing. Yeah, yeah. There's not even... Yeah, you might think there would be another song where, like, Piggy comes in to the studio and finds Kermit, and they get a duet, and they reconcile. Yeah, it's, at least there should be a scene where they all arrive at the same studio. Like, Yeah, you would think. Like, they're, they're all hanging out by the vending machine or something. Yeah. And they, 
they all show up at but, the same but time. But Kermit's just like, uh, well, here we are. Yeah. And he's, I think he says, we're all together now. And then they sing, all together now. They, they sing, we're all in this together from High School Musical. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of surprised they haven't at this point. Yeah, right. Um, a Beatles song that appeared in the movie Yellow Submarine in 1968. Uh, Wikipedia, or possibly the Muppet Wiki, described this as a skiffle song. And um, this was also performed, by the way, on Sesame Street by some Anything Muppets in the weird days of the first season when they were covering a lot of pop songs. Um, it's like a, a an Anything Muppet mom and dad and uh, the puppet who would later become Betty Lou. They did this song. This is a good choice for a Muppet group song. It's it's very jaunty and they each get like there's so many just short rhyming lines. So a bunch of characters get different lines to sing. Right. This one is definitely one that I always, up until, and I know I mentioned this, but up until I, I got into the Beatles when I was older, I truly believed this was a Muppet song. And it's not it even could be. on any of the Beatles albums. Right? Well, it's, it's on, it's on, I mean, Yellow, it's on, well, on Yellow Submarine. It's, it's on the Yellow Submarine Correct, but like, that's, sort of soundtrack Yeah, but that's, album. That's, but Yellow Submarine, really an album. Yellow Submarine only has four original songs on it. But Correct. like, but like canonically, it's one of the thirteen Beatle albums. You know, like right. yeah. But you, you. The, the point is though, like it wasn't one of the Beatles songs that would like get radio play or like no. You know, I had a copy of the White Album and Abbey Road and all that, but it wasn't like on those. Right. Well, so do you both know about John Lennon dismissively called Obla di Obla da? You'll you'll have to beat me here, bleep me out, Ryan, but. <laughs> He dis- dismissed it as Paul's granny. And oh. <laughs> this yes, yes. feels like one of the things he was thinking of when he said that, right? It's like this and Penny Lane and, you know, w- when I'm 64. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's credit to Lennon McCartney. By this point in the band's history, I have no doubt that this was almost exclusively Paul McCartney writing this and, song. And I was going to say, it's Paul, like you mentioned, Skiffle. Like, it's Paul trying to do a kind of like... um like like British vaudeville sing along mm-hmm. kind of number. It it isn't really a song like with the good songwriting that we we know and love from the Beatles. You know what I mean? Like right. no, it's a bunch of rhyming lines. Like I said, it's fun, but it's yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't aspire to much. Well, all of those silly Paul McCartney songs, I love. I love every single one. Of them. I love them too. I love, yeah, I know I John Honey Lennon Pie. and George Harrison despise them. Yeah, yeah, I love them. Maxwell Silverhammer. Yes. Great. All great. Yeah. Every single one of them I love. Yes, and I agree. This, this is no <laughs> exception. You know, like, the original Beatles version is fun. This is fun. Uh, yeah. Miss Piggy says, H-I-J, Kerm, I love you. <laughs> yep. Which is stealing Clifford's uh, bit, because Clifford's going to call him Kerm later on, but... Here, Piggy. Uh, That's what this is where Clifford learns it. He was like, well, <laughs> Piggy can call him Kerm, and so can I. They they do censor a lyric yes. here. The original song has a line, "Can I bring my friend to bed?" And this becomes Robin singing, "Do I have to go to bed?" That's pretty good. He does because the album's yeah. over. Sorry, yeah. kid, you got to go to bed. Uh, but and I also noticed that 
this, I think, is truly an unplugged song. Uh, I believe the only instruments are an acoustic guitar, a ukulele, drums, a clarinet, and a tuba. Uh, we alluded to this earlier. The tuba is played by Harry Smith. Now, that might be interesting if you happen to recognize that that is the same name as a guy who's a TV personality who has hosted various like morning news shows and uh, hosted A&E Biography for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in fact, as Muppet Wiki tells us, this is the same guy. (laughs) Somehow, the longtime anchor of various CBS and NBC morning shows is a tuba player on Kermit Unpigged. But it's because they did a behind-the-scenes segment on CBS this morning about the recording of this album. And in the segment, like, Harry's like, and I'm helping out too. And then he plays the tuba on this track. That's. <laughs> but do that. you think that was the original plan? Yes. Like, okay. Why, and why would they get him coincidental? Like, they were going to do the thing and they're like, oh, Harry, what do you. They probably asked him what instrument can you play? And he said the tuba, you know, or whatever. Hmm. It's not like okay. it's a coincidence that he's playing the tuba on this record and behind the scenes of it. No, you're right. You you're know? right. I just, I mean, I, I guess I thought maybe. One of the producers or somebody just happened to know Harry Smith and know that he played the tuba. But yeah, I guess if they were planning in advance to do that segment, that makes a lot more sense that they'd be like, yeah, okay, bring your tuba along. And then I, I just love how the, the song ends with his tuba very slowly finishing the last notes. And it's kind of like the Muppets are waiting. <laughs> it's like, wow, 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 and they're like yay we did it that's the end of the song Um, also though this this song is the only time on the album that Fozzie and Bunsen and Beaker get to sing right Mm -hmm. Bunsen and Beaker I don't think you can even hear at the beginning maybe a little bit in the chatter maybe not Beaker even maybe just Bunsen I'm not sure and Bunsen other than the the lyrics in this song Dave Goles only plays Gonzo on, on the one track other than this song like oh yeah Dave Goles is barely in this thing you know, there's no there's no Beauregard music or whatever. <laughs> Too bad. Well, what is interesting, speaking of Dave Goals, is that Statler and Waldorf are not on this album at all. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, now that seems like And they yeah. weren't on Beach Party did, either. Yeah. This this seems like a perfect place to have Statler and Waldorf right. like make a joke at the very end of the album though, about how yeah. terrible yeah, the album is. Yeah, but instead we right. get a couple of lines of dialogue trying to patch things up. Piggy is mad that the album is called Kermit Unpigged. Now, yes. Kermit, now, Kermit Piggy says unpigged means sans pig, midout pig. That's what she says, right? Yes. Well, can we, now, could we talk about this? The record is called Unpigged, and I certainly know you wouldn't want to hurt me more. But you see, when you say unpigged, it means sans pig and midout pig. And that hurts me. And I know if I said unfrogged, it would hurt you too. Now, I certainly don't mean that to you in the future. What does that mean? Yeah. What does meet out mean? Like I all, all my life, ever since I heard this in 1999, I assumed it was like French or something. But I was googling it today. Is it not German or or I, is it like German I, English? Like I uh, I googled like meet out without meet out meaning sans meet out meaning without. I don't think it's a word. I think it's just Frank talking. <laughs> oh, I always assumed it was like. The way that Piggy blends French and English, I bet she was blending uh, German and English, but no? No, I don't know what it is. I think oh. it's maybe without, but he swallows the line pronunciation and they just didn't retake it. Like, hmm. 
Well, yeah, it, it definitely sounds off the cuff. Like she's just kind of rambling on and on as the album fades out. Yeah, right. Um, uh, so I looked it up in hmm. in That's German. Funny. Apparently, without is like ohne, o h n e. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so German. That's, that's and, nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, French is Miss Piggy's oh. usual language, and that's what she, you know, that's right. sans, of course. Yeah. So that's Kermit Unpigged. I, you know, we've been making jokes, but again, I, I do think this is a very pleasant album overall. I had fun listening to it. I listened to it several times through to prepare for this episode, and I'm, you know, now that I've done that, I might listen to it a few more times after this, just because it's it's a fun one. Um, Wikipedia says this album reached number 20 on Billboard's Top Kid Audio chart. So despite uh, BMG Records not doing much to promote it, it's, it managed to, to chart that high. Um, a little weird to classify this one as a kid's album with all of these artists from the, the 60s and 70s who were probably in their 40s and 50s at the time of this uh, album's release. But, you know, kids kids like oldies. So. Listen, if, if the Mayhem album counts as a kid's album, Yeah, I was just going to say that. You know? yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, the only other thing that I have in my notes, I do think that Fozzie should have had a song on this album. It's only 10 tracks. They could have added another one or two. They could have even done one for Bunsen and Beaker. They They had current performers at this time. Um, my proposal, considering the the time span of uh, the artists and the songs who mostly appear on this album, I think they should have had Fozzie sing the ABBA song, Honey, Honey, as a duet with Olivia Newton-John, and they would have had Fozzie make a bunch of jokes about how bears love honey. Good! And yeah. they could have done the whole... Great. Thing like on the Raquel Welch episode of The Muppet Show, where he starts out nervous and then becomes more confident as the song goes on. Is, that would have so been a lot of fun. Something are you like proposing that. that Olivia Newton John should have called him sexational? That's what Raquel Welch <laughs> I, does. I would that maybe up. not go that far, <laughs> but you know. And then Bunsen and Beaker, I don't know, maybe something like Smokey Robinson and Bunsen sing the song Runaway by Del Shannon, and Beaker <laughs> does the electric organ solo, like me, me, me. Ooh, me, 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 that's me, good. Me, me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are my pitches. I didn't prepare something beforehand, but I'm gonna just say right now that Bean Bunny should sing Joni Mitchell's River with um Paula Abdul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Sure. I think that's great. I think <laughs> I just looking looking at my records over there and like, oh yeah, I've got Joni I'm- Mitchell. <laughs> I'm firmly of the opinion that Elvis Costello should have appeared on this album. And Elvis Costello should have teamed up with, let's say, Beauregard mm-hmm. to sing, yeah. um, please, Mr. Postman. Because Beauregard is waiting for the mail and he thought they were at the post office instead of at a recording studio. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> See, they should have done all these things. And <laughs> I don't know why they didn't consult all of us who were very young at the time that this album came out yeah, different <laughs> um, different ages of young yeah so yeah anything any other overall thoughts i think that's all i have on the album from anything from from either of you it's just it's so weird what a weird time for the muppets and i know i say this it is yeah, it really like, is yeah like you were saying at the beginning just like that there's what came between christmas carol and treasure island is such a weird zone like mm-hmm. 
this is it. And it's so weird to have an album like this without a corresponding TV special. And like, yeah. why is Clifford here? And like, what <laughs> what is going on with it? And like, I don't know. This is what there was in between those two movies. We didn't have a Muppet show. We had an album where Ernestine, you know, the telephone operator gives Kermit a courtesy phone. Like, this, <laughs> this was what we had. That's what, and we were happy though. We right. loved it. It is, I, I think they waited too long. I mean, we've talked about this before. I do think they waited. I understand why they waited to recast some other of, uh, Jim and Richard and even Frank's characters when he wasn't around as much. But I think it would have helped some of these projects if they had just recast more of those characters sooner. Yeah. I mean, well, I think you're right. I think it would have helped to have that like core group in place rather than just like they spent scooter around. You they know? spend, I mean, a scooter, I think we can get, get along fine without scooter. If I'm being candid, <laughs> I love Richard. Maybe you can. I can't get along without him. <laughs> Scooter just feels Scooter specifically just feels so much like Richard Hunt to me that like I think well, I, yeah. I think David Redman's great. Don't, and I guess David Redman was around. Like he could have he could have started doing it yeah. back then. You yeah, know? but he was too busy playing Peter the Frog. He was too busy playing <laughs> Simon the Frog as Peter the Frog. Correct. <laughs> um, he was too busy playing Chicago the Lion in those days. Um, yeah, exactly. On Sesame but, Street, yeah, yeah. But uh, broccoli, <laughs> always. That's all he does. Um, uh, no, but we're gonna see next. Ep- I, th- I assume our next episode is going to be on the only real long form project between Christmas Carol and Treasure Island, which is Muppet Classic Theater. And yes, that's the plan for our next bonus episode. And that's one where, to, as long as we're talking about this, it really suffers from not having that deep bench of of characters involved. Like, it's kind of like just yeah. the like core, like seven or something, you know, but like there's, there's no, but there's also, there's also like this, this sort of weird fear at the same time. And I think it comes from maybe not having a big project, but this fear of both adding characters and promoting characters, like adding new characters. They're not really doing at this point, because again, there's no show. They'll add characters right. with Muppets tonight when that finally happens uh, after Treasure Island. And they're not like, oh, what are some other characters Steve Whitmire like has played, you know, like or bringing back the Jim Henson Hour characters or anything like that. Right. Like, oh, and that's the other thing, too. Is they're the not Jim Henson. They're not Hour. doing either. Like they're, they're not right. doing either. And that's why they're stuck with just, I don't know, Gonzo, Kermit. Rizzo and Piggy are like the only some Muppets. of the old gang plus Clifford. Yeah, right. Clifford is the one, the one Jim Henson Hour character, which the Jim Henson Hour was such a flop. Like, yes, I don't know. We should probably just wrap this up. We've been going a long yes. time. We can talk about this later. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to that when we inevitably do our episode by episode Jim Henson Hour podcast, Anthony. That, that <sighs> only three people listen to. Can't but, wait. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get there. Uh, yeah, okay, um, yeah, I, I, normally we do the, like, the questions of, of the week, but we, this is not a movie, so we don't have those questions. And, and we already uh, talked I about listen that. To this, I do listen to this every yes. Christmas, um. Oh, good. 
Perfect. Yeah, it's like that's a nice do, family tradition. Do you listen Let's to this to every checks release date, September twenty seventh? <laughs> I am now. <laughs> you listen to it every Linda Ronstadt's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then we can wrap things up for this week for this bonus episode. Uh, as Anthony mentioned, we will be doing uh, Muppet Classic Theater sometime in the near-ish future. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, you should also be listening to our other two podcast feeds from Tough Pigs now. Uh, that's right. In addition to the Muppet Fan Podcast with ToughPigs.com feed, which uh, by the time this comes out, we'll have probably wrapped up the excellent Muppets Mayhem Backstage Pass podcast that's hosted by our friend Joe Hennis. Um, he's going uh, behind the scenes with a bunch of people involved in making Muppets Mayhem, and it's really cool, really informative. And then I don't know, uh, Becca. When is the next season of Hubba coming along? Is it after the Muppets Mayhem? I think so. Uh, I think the the plan is like September ish. But um, oh, okay. Listen, I'm gonna do my best to get that get that out and ready for you guys by September. Yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so well, I'm gonna say soon or very soon or maybe already happened, depending on how long it takes me to get this episode <laughs> out. Uh, and then we also now have Fraggle Talk Classic, which is its own podcast feed where our friends Beth, Julia, and Adam are covering the original Fraggle Rock series episode by episode. That's another great one. If you're a Fraggle Rock fan, you have to listen to that. Um, yeah, we uh, want to thank uh, Morgan Davy for our logo as usual. You can find me. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Anthony's on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. Becca, remind people where they can find you on the internet. Sure. So what I've been saying is best place to find me is Tough Pigs, uh, because that's the only website that I know will still be around by the time this episode, uh, episode yes. hits. Yes. Um, I'm on Twitter at Uncle Petunio. That's uncle, like the kind of frog you can't get along without. And then (laughs) Petunio, which is the flower with an O instead of an A. And I'm on all of the other socials, Tumblr, Instagram, Blue Sky, Threads, all of them, uh, at Tall Girl Petunia. That's the words. Right. Yes, everyone. Also, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else and tell all of your friends about the show. Tell Ozzy Osbourne, tell Jimmy Buffett, tell Meatloaf, uh, and join us again next time for another episode of Moving Right Along. Bye. You're not going to believe it, but there's a, there's a spaceship outside? I, I gotta go. <laughs> Whoa, see you in the tabloids. <laughs>